Hey everybody, welcome to the $5 Bin. I'm your host, Jeff. With me this week is Eric. Hey, how you doing? And Amber. Hello. And this week we are going to talk about William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Oh boy. This is an interesting film. It is. Uh, what is your guys' background with this? I actually own this on DVD. Oh, you own it! <laughs> I do too. You do? All right, yeah, I do too. Oh, wow. excellent. Yeah, I was. Uh, this came out in 1996. I was in high school. Um, Memories. I know, right? In the misty... Fuzz, misty watercolored watercolor. memories. Um, yeah, so I, I remember watching this... Possibly in the theater. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't quite remember. Um, and then just being in love with it because I was like every girl in high school. Oh, in yeah. Love with this was huge in high Leonardo school Leonardo DiCaprio. Wanted to be Claire mm-hmm. Danes. You know, wanted to be Juliet for Halloween. You know, all of those those things. So I I have a fond, me- I have fond memories this of this This is a special film. place in your heart. It does. Eric, how about you? I think the first time I actually saw it was in a class. Oh, really? Because, I mean, yeah, and and I'm not kidding. Like, but we in high school though. This this movie was probably every English teacher's like, this is the best thing ever. I can finally get my kids to not have to watch that piece of crap '70s Romeo oh, and Juliet. Exactly. You know hey, what I mean? Hey, like, but with the '70s one or the '60s one, wherever it was. There was boobage. I I know, which which they didn't show, obviously. Oh, they showed it in our class. Oh, right. it was glorious. Boobies. Oh But yeah, I think that was my first time watching it, and um, in high school, I did I did Shakespeare, so I did a lot of like Shakespeare plays and things like that. So yeah, uh, if you get me drunk enough, I'll actually start. Eric is a fine thespian. Quoting Shakespeare. I which thespian I can... <laughs> with the T. Yes, yes. Uh, I do like girls, but not like that. But... <laughs> uh, for me, man, yeah, 1996, I believe fall of 96, because it was when I was in freshman year and we were studying – Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. We watched the old one, and part of our assignment was to go see this film. Exactly. So this was kind of a big deal. I think my uh, my English teacher, like yours, probably had a mini orgasm saying, oh, thank God I could just Finally. show this. Finally. not show. <laughs> and they've um, been showing it for almost 20 yes. years now. Yeah. All right. Now, now it's kind of old. We need a new I one. Know, right? Oh, man. I can't believe it's been almost 20 years. I remember because, okay, so. I know. I had, because I saw this for a class, I had to go on like a, probably like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And so I w- my dad took me to go see this. That was kind of awkward. <laughs> it was sure. really awkward because he was like, what the heck are we watching? Right. Because this movie is very strange. All right. L- let me give you the plot. Shakespeare's famous play is updated to the hip modern suburb of Verona, still retaining its original dialogue. This is a 1996 film, and the film currently holds a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, pretty high for us. Right. Uh, let's go over the cast. Uh, there's a ton of people in this, so I just kind of picked oh, totally. chose a couple of people, even just to kind of say, hey, they were in this film. Uh, but Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously we got to talk about him. Yeah. Uh, this is a year before uh, his heart went on. 
uh, in Titanic. So this is like kind of the the start of Leo fever. Yeah, I think so. Um, mainly because, yeah, he started kind of with, the, I think, the teens in this one mm-hmm. who were seeing this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow. Okay. And then, um, then he was in Marvin's room. As kind of a disgruntled teenager, I believe. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, he did, he did Basketball Diaries he before. He did Basketball Diaries. I actually watched a movie last night with him in it that came out a year before. It's called The Quick and the Dead, which is another solid movie. Yes, it's a gunfight movie. Gene Hackman, uh, he, he's in it. Um, Sharon Stone, great movie by the way. But yeah, that came out just a little bit before. But you're right. This was kind of like his coming out party. It, Pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, he's done pretty much. I mean, everything before, before honestly, before Romeo and Juliet was kind of crap. Oh, it, I, I mean, Basketball crap. Diaries is a good movie. All right, Basketball Diaries the, is a good movie. That, issue, but I mean. The issue is this was a bigger movie because I think only a few people saw Basketball Diaries right. or The Quick and the Dead or even like Growing Pains. He was that guy. You know what I mean? He wasn't well, and what, Leo. And what's eating Gilbert Grape too? I mean, yeah, that's oh, another. Yeah. That's didn't huge, he win? Didn't he win huge an award for acting that? chops for that movie? I think. Yeah, didn't he win an award did for he? Gilbert Grape? I do not remember. I don't know. I thought he did, but but yeah, this is Still like though. the first one that got a lot of uh, publicity or financial push behind right. it because I remember like this was this is when after this he was on. Teen Bop and whatever, whatever what are those know. girly. Ma- I don't know. Amber, he we've not, we've was, recently proven that you are very girly 70%. at seventy percent girly. So, what are some other those? Oh, Tiger Beat. That Tiger was Beat, a, yeah, Tiger Beat was Teen Bop, Teen Beat, all of those. I don't remember the other ones, yeah. but there's there was a ton of them. Teen I remember Bob, Tiger Beat for some beat. reason. Teen Beat. I remember Tiger Beat, but I don't Tiger Beat, Teen Beat, Teen Bop, Mbop. <laughs> that was a handsome. Thing. Uh, so yeah, Eight this years. is like the start of Leo's big career. So, I mean, the guy went on to do some amazing stuff, um, mm-hmm. and still is, uh, yeah. just, what did he just turn down? He turned down uh, something that Bale just turned down too. Oh, this is news for me. I don't know. Oh, it was something, it was some something big, um, with Seth Rogen. What was Seth Rogen going to be? Crap. I can't think of it, but he turned down a, a pretty decent decent role oh i can't think of it it'll come to me um but yeah i mean leo huge star he he brings in a lot of bucks these days so yeah definitely um second up claire danes is juliet capulet mm-hmm. we know how you feel about claire danes we've actually had claire danes in we here. have how do you think she did though in this one a young claire danes. young plain juliet you know, she was. Um, Did she play the character of Juliet well? Whether you like her or not. Yes, I mean she did. She was a young girl, which Juliet was. You know, how old was she actually when they when she did this? When she did this, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. She looked really young. Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How old was she? I don't know if it's because she's got the baby face or she wasn't. She she actually wasn't that young. I guess no. She was about. She was about our age. Yeah, okay. she was yeah. seventy nine. She was born seventy nine. So ninety six. So. Math, quick math. Oh, Come 18. on, Jeff, do 18. it. Eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, 
Wow, she's 18. So, and Julia. Well, probably when she filmed this, she was 16. Because yeah, you got. 18, six, yeah, so 16, yeah. 16, 17. Takes usually about a year for post production. <laughs> <laughs> or however how long it's in the can. Right. They decide, yeah, let's so, pull this movie out. So she was in her teens when she did this, and I feel like she did. It's tough to judge job. teenage I mean, acting. It really is. I mean, yeah. that's kind of why now they bring younger-looking thirty-year-olds to play high schoolers. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of how it is because like teenagers. Dave, are Dave Franco is going to be playing like a fifteen-year-old <laughs> until he's forty. How old are you? Dave? Don't you have an ARP card? <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to get some weed in high school. <laughs> what is this? Twenty-one Jump Street for real? Like, no, <laughs> seriously. Uh, well, Jonah Jonah Hill's that way. Like Jonah Hill was. And Seth Rogen for a while, but Jonah Hill when when he was in that movie Super Bad, he was like almost thirty. Yeah, yeah. it's like ah, really? Uh. Yeah. But he does. He has one of those yeah. faces. Yeah, he'll be immortally sixteen. Until you've seen him in Wolf of Wall Street, and then you know differently. But <laughs> well, that's true. They got to make him look older. Ugh. Yeah, they got to make him look his age. <laughs> um. So yeah, she did okay. I mean, I, I'm going to talk about her a little bit as we go on. Well, obviously mention some things, but um. All right, moving on to a guy who I've not seen do anything in a while, John Leguizamo. I just well, I just watched him in Chef, so oh okay, so oh. I, I I I have a special place in my heart for him. But he actually he's more he kind of went underground for a while, and he's done a lot of character voices. Huh. Um, That's where the money is. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like he, all right. So my kids watched Dora the Explorer. Guess who is a voice actor on Dora the Explorer? On many, many, (laughs) many episodes, it's John Leguizamo. He is the pirate piggy captain. For those of you that know who Dora the Explorer is, and and what this is, but you know what I'm talking about, Jeff. You know what I'm talking about. uh, We watch Disney Junior. We don't watch Nickelodeon in our house. You, you you have to tell me you and just because my daughter's half Hispanic, Thank we you. don't always watch Dora the Explorer. I'm not. We saying- think it's racist. Oh my gosh! How else is she no. gonna learn her mother tongue? I mean, seriously, <laughs> her mother's. Oh my gosh! This is it's okay. I married a Hispanic, so I it can, it can so now, you, now you don't have to watch Dora the Explorer way. to learn Spanish. So she'll, she'll just <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. You know, because I have to watch it to learn. Well, Spanish. I mean, I've learned a lot. Of Spanish I think that's. Up. Doing voice voiceovers is where a lot of actors finally realize, hey, you know what? I can make a crap load of money. And, and I don't I can do it in my underwear. I can just go <laughs> in my pajamas and just go, hey, look, over there's the tree. All right, give me my thousand bucks. I need a new house. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We're putting in a new den. <laughs> I mean, Mark Hamill did that for a while, yeah, too. Yeah, Batman Joker. Doing, oh, man, he was great in the Joker. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of actors have gone to that. Even now, it's like... When you're watching commercials, it amazes me to like, oh, that's not like necessarily Matthew McConaughey when you actually see him. Right. But I forgot he was an Ice Age. That's where he's like uh-huh. really oh, yeah. hit it. Yeah. yeah, I just looked at him on there. So how many? Yeah, how many Ice Ages did they do? I know, like Three 10. or four or five, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Seen that dopey character on Ice Age? Thid, isn't it Thid? Yeah, I guess he's in John Wick. Oh, uh, the canoe, oh, I the see canoe that. Reeves film. Oh yes. I really kind of want to see that. But no, no, he did. He did in this movie. He did good. I I think he did good. He, I, I really liked. I mean, we can talk about the movie beyond the actors, but I really liked how they paired the two families. Uh Yeah, and this one being being this uh, almost a Hispanic family. I think Uh if if you were to say it's like, oh yeah, yeah, they're probably. They're probably a Hispanic family or, or like a Latin, you know, Mediterranean. A family. lot of like the Kingsmen were, 
but the rest of the family wasn't. Yeah. So that was Paul Servino, maybe. And that's about it. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, but but yeah, I agree. But Claire Danes of- is really white. <laughs> she <laughs> is. She's really oh. white. Definitely oh. gonna let her mother. Yeah. Her. yeah. That's right. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know John Leguizamo. He kind of pops up like, oh, there he is. He kind of just comes in and that's out. Tybalt. Tybalt. The mm-hmm. Prince of Cats. Uh, Indeed. Um, That's what he is. I know. So uh, here, here's another couple uh, guys just throwing them out there. Brian Dennehy mm-hmm. was in this. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, the Brian Dennehy. Um, Jamie Kennedy. Yep. When uh, what was he in Project X or yep. K- yep. the Experiment or something, whatever that was? Yeah. Yep. You've been X'd. <laughs> that was a horrible show. That was like before the Jamie Kennedy craze. There was like nine months where Jamie Kennedy was all the rage. And then- we all came back to reality. Exactly. But I would argue that maybe a, a definite throwaway character, but really made a name for himself, Mr. Paul Rudd yeah, Paul is in Rudd's this film. No. Yeah. And it's so hard to look at him not being goofy Paul Rudd. Because mm-hmm. he was being serious. And but he was kind of goofy in this movie. He was though. like, if you look at his yeah. facial expressions, he was kind of like, he was "I'm going to be goofy in 20 years. I look out, <laughs> slap an abyss. It's going to be a big thing." Oh my gosh! What was that? <laughs> that, was a, that was a drop we've never had. Yeah. Paul Rudd. That's like Paul future. Rudd. We're going to dream <laughs> of Paul we Rudd. Music. Paul Rudd. We make that noise. Dreaming of Paul Rudd music. Oh my gosh. Um, and then let's talk a little about uh, the director, producer, screenplay writer. Obviously, not the original composer. What? He didn't write this. Didn't write this. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of the first movie we can talk, or first movie we've talked about, and probably ever will talk about that. You know, the source material for this really wasn't that great. This is uh, an iconic play. Okay, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is Romeo and Juliet. I think Mr. William Shakespeare did well for himself. Um, but the director, producer, screenplay writer for this film, Mr. Boz Lerman, um, who is really out there to and say pretty much least. anything he does is outlandish like this. I would say yes. So Mulan, <laughs> well, here, here's, yeah. here would be the one that I would say is not, uh, Australia. But even that Austra- is Big and huge. It's big and huge. But it's not the same style no. as like Moulin, Moulin Rouge, Rouge and, and this. Or Gatsby. Strictly or, Ballroom. Yes. yes. So everything, like Strictly Ballroom, uh, Romeo movie. and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, and uh, Great Gatsby oh, yeah. are like fast, slow, look at the zoom in, zoom out, oh, big brightness. And, and then you've got- It's almost like a like a stage show. Yeah, and all in those in all those movies, there's there's a word for it, and somebody somebody get on Facebook and tell me what that word is. But it's where they it's where they use something that's not of the time period uh-huh. in there. It's t- like they use the music, like for instance in Gatsby. Look at Gatsby, and they use like Jay Z songs in Gatsby. Well, you know, we do in this hear one, they use all this like Radiohead music, which is awesome. And, awesome. And, the we do hear for this movie. Oh, it's, oh, it's is incredible. Out- Standing. Still incredible. We do hear a choir sing when doves oh, cry. Oh, I know. This is amazing. <laughs> That's the best part. I still own this soundtrack and still pull it out. This is why they come when doves cry. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. I was making up the words there. 
<laughs> only this part of that song that sounds, sounds like. like. I like this is what they call it. When this is when they call it. Windows cry. Yeah. So yeah, this is this movie is. We're going to talk about this as we get into it, but it's kind of nuts. Um, and that's kind of Baz Luhrmann's style. If you've seen, maybe you haven't seen a Baz Luhrmann film before. Um, and Great Gatsby, I don't think, did really well. Maybe, but it, it did. definitely I, had his imprint on. Oh that yeah, was like, oh yeah, he did that. But like when I the first Even time I saw Australia, I was like, this does not have the same feel. And that I think maybe a stay tuned because we might have to do Australia because that I did find in the five dollar bin, and that is. Interesting. Stay tuned. It's a long ass movie. <laughs> it is a really long. <laughs> oh, it is. It is a Super long, long. And like you could cut out half of it, and it would still be too long. Right. I think it's well over three hours. He was trying to maybe be Peter Jackson in that or oh, something, and but it, it didn't just have was to not. Be. It didn't Ugh. need to be. We so should, we definitely should do that. Yeah, that's there. that's one of those that there's a lot to it. That may be like a two hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> Premium. Oh, then we hit, then they went over here, and oh, it's just so much. Maybe if if we're stuck here in a snowstorm while we're recording or something, we can. <laughs> I got it right over there. We could just, we pop, could just it pop it in and, and just record it. it live. Yep. Yikes, that's a long one. But back to Romeo and Juliet. Uh, so we start off this this movie with a TV report. Which I, f- I kind of half remember that this is how it started, and I kind of I liked it. So it's the opening of the the play, but it's this old ass TV, and then in '96 that was 96, top that was, was top quality Jeff top quality CRTV. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. I, I'm trying to think of what it reminded me of, but it kind of it set up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice, um, and then we had the. The pausing on each of the characters, and then it would flash up on the screen with their role and their relation to everybody. I'm not sure if I liked that. The The beginning but, of the movie felt like a almost like the movie trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did mm-hmm. you guys notice that? Yeah, I could feel that. Yeah, so it, it kind of sums everything up. Okay, here's about, this is what's going to go down. But that's how... But that's how... That's how Shakespeare set it up, though. But he did. I know, <laughs> I mean, but I like the he way He sets they... it up like, let, let me tell you who this is, and really right. quick, and then we're going to go, because it's a play. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not- What? <laughs> this was a yep. play. What? <laughs> it's a play? A long time ago. <laughs> In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> We've done movies based on books, but have we done movies based on plays? Not yet. Not yet. No. This is the first one. Oh, before we get going, have you guys read William Shakespeare's Star Wars? No. no. Fantastic. You need to read that. All right. Cool. That's a plug for you, William Shakespeare. Sorry, yes. Shakespeare. You can you send your us. send your check to. Fantastic read. It just makes you laugh. Um, and then this this movie, as as we get going here, it is definitely like stuck in the nineties. Oh yeah. And I think of another Paul Rudd movie where around this time too, Clueless. Clueless is very stuck. I he was in Clueless. Oh yeah, yeah. he was shares. Yeah. Half brother love interest kind of thing. It's oh, weird. Lord. Not even half brother. Like brother s- by marriage. Brother by marriage. Yeah. So they weren't blood, but it was weird. Um, but yeah, very stuck in the nineties, like screaming from the rooftops. This is the nineties. Just in case you don't know, it's the nineties. We're gonna have blue like neon blue colored cars. Uh-huh. And the crosses that you're going to see are going to have n- literally neon around them. Uh-huh. And just it, 
it's just very nineties. It's very stuck in that time. Um, as 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 I should say, as it should be, it is stuck in that time. It's definitely not timeless. But he was trying to make such a big deal about it not being set in fourteen ninety or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he had to be like, all right, we're just gonna place it where it is. And right. I mean, it's almost though a hyper realized. Yes, it's so. a hyper realized nineties, <laughs> is what it is. And that's I mean, like, I mean, you you are right. It is the nineties. It screams it, but it's so like, but it's whoa, like extreme. It's like you know, Batman. Yeah, uh, the Batman's oh, yeah. of the '90s, especially like if you do look at um, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, where you've got everything's glow in the dark and everything's neon and everything is just weird for the sake of being weird. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of how this was, where it was just so over the top. And I was, I'm a child of the '90s, as are you two, and it's like. This is not the 90s. It's just, like you said, Eric. It's a super stylized it's a, 90s. It's like 90s on crack. Yeah, if everything was really cool. Yeah. If we lived on like a, almost like Venice Beach. That's what I was going to say. It's like Venice Beach you know, I mean, and Verona. Verona. Well, that's how they said it. It's Verona Beach. Verona, Verona Beach, Beach, but it's Venice Beach. And it's it's very, I don't know, I, it's just very Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. I think that's the only way you can describe it. You is can't it, describe it in any other way because he has such a stylized... He's such a stylized director. Yes, with the asterisk on not Australia. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, Christopher Nolan has his thing where, you know, you can kind of tell, even like the Interstellar trailers, you're like, yeah, that's a Christopher Nolan film. Just the way of like things right. are filtered. Uh, who's another one? J.J. Uh, Abrams, you got to have your lens flares. <laughs> Why not? How many, let's count them, drinking game for the new drinking Star Wars game, yes. that comes out next year. Just How many lens flares are we going to see? Yeah. My gosh, you would have. <laughs> Died of alcohol poisoning Michael, with Michael, uh, Star Michael, Trek. Michael Bay film, racist remarks and things blowing up. You know, there you go. <laughs> there you or, go. or no, oh, you also have to have a highway chase. Oh, a highway chase in everyone. Yeah. Uh, and for the entire time you're watching the highway chase, you have to do a shot for every minute that highway chase <sighs> goes on. You would be plastered. Yeah, you would. They're eternal. Sometimes so he even reuse. We are them. not held responsible for the drinking games you choose <laughs> yes. in these movies. Just so you know, <laughs> we we do encourage drinking. Uh, uh, Eric and I are <laughs> indulging in an Ebelweiss Two Brothers right now. It is fantastic. You can send your check to. <laughs> Thank you, Two Brothers, for sponsoring PO Box Five Five Five. Here we are at the Two Brothers Studio. <laughs> two two brothers. brothers, William Shakespeare, Star Wars Studio. <laughs> Jeff, we had to rename your basement. <laughs> it sucks. Sorry. Oh, we're like going to the basement. No, no, no. no, no. We're like... going downstairs to the two brothers, William Shakespeare, Star Wars room. Uh, <laughs> recording studio. Can we call it your basement? <laughs> by law, I can't call it that anymore. I can't call it that anymore. All right. So there starts to be a, a rumble at this gas station. And like Amber was saying, one of Boslerman's things is there's speed up and slow down Mm -hmm. and zoom in and zoom out and quick stop and turn quick stop turn uh stop on a dime and pause now i'm gonna say it like this is i noticed that a lot in the beginning and then there was a halfway point and then that stopped Mm -hmm. so the first part was and i wrote this down like I was on speed. <laughs> because I think a I, lot of the characters were. Yes, which at some point they had some kind of drug, and I don't believe it was uh-huh. ecstasy. I think it was speed. <laughs> Something. Um, but it, it was almost like, okay, is this, is, it, is this a choice to stop 
the Bos let's call it the Boslerman filter. The Boslerman effect. <laughs> the Boslerman effect. Because <laughs> it definitely stopped at a certain point when like Romeo met Juliet, it stopped. Mm-hmm. So is he making? And here's my thought, and maybe I'm obviously reading too much into this. Is it that that was how it was before, and then Romeo met Juliet, and now it's not like that anymore? And it was a stylish choice. Or- I'm gonna say yes. It was a. It was a. It was a choice because I was. My brain was going a thousand miles a minute, and it's like I remember seeing this in the theaters, going, "What the did I just see?" Because it's just. If you have epilepsy, you will have a seizure in the first 30 minutes of this film. And I don't remember Moulin Rouge being quite this much. There were times, but I again, but it it's been that... years since I've seen and it. And it was always when they were on the absinthe. Of course. But uh, but other than that, though, but I know, Jeff, actually, I would totally agree with you. And and it is until they meet. And actually, it's interesting because the tempo changes when they meet Absolutely. each other. Oh, I it mean, slows it's like, down to a I grinding mean, halt. It does. And even when you start seeing... Now here's the thing, when they focus on Romeo and Juliet as themselves, you're seeing uh, everything slow. But everybody else is moving. And it's very connected. Ah! But everybody else, but Romeo and Juliet, can, are just. I think you can interpret the play that way too. Oh yeah. If you want to get into that, but I don't think we will. But I. If I, the play was done today, it would probably be done. Absolutely. Kind of like that. Absolutely. You know? If I'm trying to, th- this will obviously be the only foreign language film that we do. <laughs> Okay, because this is clearly a foreign language film. Now, here's what I thought going into this film. I saw this in 96 and maybe again a couple years later. Mm. It's been well over 15 years since I've seen this movie. Um, I thought maybe, I, and at first when I read Romeo and Juliet, I didn't understand a freaking word of it. And okay. was like, I, I get the idea, but I don't get any of the nuances. I I had to really pay attention in class, and then I watched the '60s movie with the boobies, and then this movie, and I still was like, I get the point, but it's like watching a foreign language film of a language I don't understand. And I thought maybe, okay, I'm 32 now, maybe I can get it. Still completely lost. I think I think Shakespearean plays, you have to continue reading them. To keep that, like, just like any other language. Like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. So, maybe. And if you, and I took several college classes in, in Shakespeare. So, I love it. Well, aren't you fantastic? <laughs> I am. I'm quite the, quite the educated woman. Amber. <laughs> but I'm just. I don't know why that... you turned into a Southern person, <laughs> Or Sean Connery, <laughs> and and I'm a man. Apparently, <laughs> saying my voice like that. Yes, I like William Shakespeare's Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> but I think again, it's one of those things like you have to use it or you lose it. I you guess. know what I mean. I, <sighs> and you have to keep reading it to understand it. But that's why. But I do have to say though, even if you didn't understand what they're saying. You can still get you the plot. You still get the plot. And, and Shakespeare yeah. was and the meant characters. Shakespeare and... was meant to be seen, not read. Yeah, exactly. Reading it is so it's but hard. I still I like even watching this film, yeah, I I get how things were going because I could see the passion in somebody's eyes or how they were reacting to a character. Okay, they're sad because she's crying. Or he's angry because he's yelling. I get that. But there were some conversations that they were just having, and you're like, Okay, what what's happening here? Mm-hmm. I and then, that. like, walked away going, 
you probably could have cut that scene and I would still be in the same place I'm in now. And I'm just confused. Um, okay. So we're so, so very early in this film. Um, so apparently, uh, so a civil war then breaks out. Apparently this is the third time. And if it happens again, uh, the silver brawl, the heads of both of the houses will die. That's apparently what I got out of it. Yeah. Okay. From this point on, I'm trying really hard to read into some of this stuff. So what I got out of it was that the heads of both of the houses will die if it happens again. Did anybody else not get that? Well, the next person who creates a, a public disturbance yeah. will be executed. Execute. Okay, so I was right. Okay, close. Um, so Leo, we, we find Leo, or uh, Romeo. Bam, 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 and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He, in the, when we first see him, he is pouty-lipped and dark and mysterious. And I wrote, perfect for teenage girls in the oh, 90s. Oh, yeah. He was just like writing, sick, poetry, writing poetry on his little notepads. Yep. Oh, I'm writing my deepest thoughts down. I'm full of angst. <laughs> Don't I have so much teenage angst? There is so much angst. Yeah. And, and, and he had like... The long, the '90s version of the Justin Bieber hair, where he would, it would be longer, but kind of know, a bowl cut. Yeah, but, but like able to put it behind cool your ear. Looking. Yeah, like Justin Bieber's got it. Like it's more like just a comb over, ginormous comb over. Whereas Leo had the longer hair, and he definitely did the hair tossle, which I just did for everybody. The <laughs> hair tossle. I think that needs to be a video. <laughs> My long hair <laughs> on Facebook. Is that where you had hair tossle? Um. So yeah, this was definitely. I think this added to Leo's mis- the mystery, the mystique of Leo. Yeah, during this time, of Romeo, 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 Romeo must die. Um, that was a good movie. Um, so the Capulets are apparently having a party, and uh, it's a costume party. And the first time we see Juliet, uh, Claire Dane, she's immersed in the water. And she had this just weird look on her face. She, okay. And I put this, I also wrote this down too. She has the biggest eyes all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. Just like really wide eyes. <laughs> and you can see the whites of her eyes. All, it, it, Amber's laughing because I've got <laughs> big wide eyes now. And just always looking around with big white eyes. And it's, you kind of can't. Not look at her eyes. It just kind of draw you in. Maybe it's a thyroid condition. <laughs> just kind of I don't know. Sugar deficiency or something. <laughs> I think she needs a. I think she needs a candy bar or something. She's gonna go into diabetic shock. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, she. Uh, so Paris is then supposed to get together with Juliet, and they're supposed to uh, hit it off, I guess, at this party. Um. So. We then see the Montague boys. They get these invitations to the costume party. And uh, Mercutio apparently... So I wrote this. Mercutio goes off on quote-unquote dreams. WTF was he saying? <laughs> That's his famous... Mercutio's famous speech. So You can tell I'm not cultured okay. or could care less. I'm That's like, right. what? This is one of those moments where I'm like, what? Okay, why? And he is dressed in drag. He is. The, okay, what was this guy in? Mercutio. Oh, he's been so many. I know. Things. It was like he's I couldn't. Amazing. He's been in Lost. He's Lost, been yeah. in. 
you you've probably seen him recently in Sons of Anarchy. Yes, that's what he's been in. Because I'm like I've seen this guy he like yesterday. In, he was also and I've been in the watching Matrix. Sons. He's he's a grinder he's actor. In, yeah, he's been in a lot. He's a great. He's actually, he's actually really, a really really good actor. Yeah, he, he grinds it out. And playing he is these, like second level characters. Cross dressing in this sequin silver costume. Never look at him the same way. Um, <laughs> so they get to the party, and uh, Romeo takes some. I'm assuming speed. Because everything they pretty X. much are in speed. Some yeah. X, or X. I don't know something. if it's uh, no. I, it's a drug. <laughs> I am not an expert on drugs. Do we have a, a drug expert on the no, panel? No. Okay. So we I have say a no to drugs <laughs> and yes to school. Yes to beer. <laughs> um, it wasn't a drop, folks. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, so yeah, I'm. I want to say it's speed. Because I think ecstasy does something different to you, where this kind of sped everything up it's and made everything. It's almost like a mix between speed and, and acid or something. Maybe acid, yeah. LSD. It, I don't know. Like, He'll never yeah, be yeah. able For to For those of us that don't plane. know drugs, we're still talking a lot about. He was on drugs. <laughs> oh. We know that. Well, we don't know what kind of drug it was. Um, but then it makes you kind of look at the world through Romeo's eyes. Yes. On drugs. On drugs. <laughs> and it's a terrifying place to be. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with John Leguizamo in the oh, devil outfit. Like, ha ha. Like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, nightmares about that. Um, so then we have, okay. So do the Capulets not know who Mercutio is? No, because they- clearly it's him drawing attention but to himself in Mer- his big drag number. Mercutio isn't necessarily a Montague. He just rolls with them. Yeah, he's their friend. Yeah. But you would... So he was hired, obviously, to be at this party in drag. Oh, okay. So you're singing. Singers. Okay. That's, so that's how he got in. Gotcha. Because I was like, wouldn't they know that they're, he rolls with the Montagues, so why would they invite him to the party and then like, aren't you guys supposed to be discreet? And then you have this big drag number with No, because he's no. not he's not a Montague. Okay. All right. So it's okay, uh, Jeff. Man, I'm so confused. <laughs> okay. But it was also the drug scene. So I, it was <laughs> it's all true. Kind of, um so Romeo's in the bathroom coming down off his high. Which is, that's what I wrote down. Pretty much it. <laughs> he's coming down off the he's got some downers. Um, so he looks at this fish tank and sees Juliet on the other side. Two things with this. Did you all see the urinal in the men's room? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> it was, it was real quick and it was just odd seeing that cause you're like, this is Romeo and Juliet yet. There's some guy peeing in a urinal. Um, and then there's a fish tank in a wall that separates the men's bathroom from uh-huh. the women's bathroom where you can see Through into the women's bathroom uh-huh. if you're the men's and vice versa. Right. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome house. I don't know. <laughs> awesome house that they have Amber likes a men's to look- and women's bathroom. <laughs> I know. It was weird. Amber likes to watch people pee, apparently. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but if it's at your own house and you had it, it wouldn't be a big thing. So maybe I like they- to watch the guests pee. <laughs> But you really can't see them because they obviously are a little distorted. Like, oh. oh, I can't see because this fish is in my way. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So that was kind of interesting. So Claire Danes... Um, Gotta say, looking super hot in the angel's wings. And I think that's kind of like the every teenager in the 90s wanted their prom date to wear angel's wings. I yes. don't know. Pretty much, yeah. Eric? 
Eric's nodding his head nodding very, his head. very fast. Like, yeah, where are the angels' wings? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that that was kind of an iconic thing, especially for our. I mean, th- this movie was huge. Huge. I will go over the numbers, but this movie was big. Maybe not for the older age group, but definitely our. This is like one of those I hate to say like defining movies of a generation. But I think this is this is equivalent to our generation's say anything. Yeah. Or Breakfast Club or something like that. Because there's a lot of things that like I remember iconic things that came out of this that it's like, yes, that defined the nineteen late nineteen nineties for me in high school. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of the Angels Wings, uh I want to say to like just remembering the scene where they're kind of in the in the sheets too. I like yeah, that was kind of a scene that mm-hmm. I see a lot of. Hey, it's the '90s kind of montage kind of a thing, and they'll show that scene too. So yeah, this, this is a very um, a lot of kissing in the water. I think that started a lot of that too. Um, so <laughs> so they're at, they're having this costume party and I don't know if it was me, but it seemed really out of place that Paul Rudd was an astronaut. <laughs> okay. Like very, uh, what do you, what do you is that an astronaut? Okay. So he's in the full garb minus the, the, helmet. the half helmet glass helmet thing. When, Which he had, by the way. I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah, he okay. actually, I think he had it. But when I, when I was looking at it, he was, he didn't have it on, but everyone else was either in like a suit and just a mask or renaissance I wrote this, I think, a knight, Cleopatra, drag dress. He was just out of place. I would Which you. I think he was supposed to be. Could be. But I was, it just really stuck out to me. Like, okay, it's a costume party, but everybody's kind of... In the same theme. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I know renaissance and, like, Cleopatra don't go together, but they're not, like... So, Astronauts. Yeah. It it's would like, more in the past, not the future. Correct. It would be like somebody now, it, when you go to like the Renaissance Fair, somebody going in like a Star Trek costume. It would be very equivalent. <laughs> like Sheldon Cooper when he goes as Spock <laughs> to the Renaissance Fair, which is funny. I've always wanted to do that. Um, but yeah, it just felt very out of place. And I, uh, like I said, Amber thinks he was supposed to be that way, yeah. just out of place I mean, again, we can only hope one day that scientists dissect the mind that is Boz Lorman and just kind of get in there because it's, wow, what a yeah. journey. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> like to go Inception in there. They've, they've cured cancer based on what things are in his brain. <laughs> so uh, Romeo and Juliet flirt and kiss in an elevator. A lot of making out in this mo- movie. This is like a teenage girl's dream here. Um. So the party's over. Romeo leaves with his friends, but then runs away from them. Uh, he climbs up the, a wall. And here's where you get your famous, uh, what light through yonder window breaks, blah, 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 garbage, garbage. Romeo, Romeo. You're aware for out thou, Romeo. Um, thy father refuse thy name. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> uh, and for a little moment there, uh, Leo is very creepy stalkerish as he's like mm-hmm. behind her and walking behind her. It's really creepy. Um, well, they fall into the pool, more, more flirting, more making out. This is a long scene. Uh, so they plan to get married the next day after all this. Uh, but then we cut to the next day with a shirtless, 
priest playing with plants around young boys. Thank you, Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> it was just like... This priest why was does... tatted up, though. Did you know that? I, I mean? understand that, but he had to be shirtless around the young boys. Yeah, that was a little that weird. Was... Maybe it was very warm in the greenhouse. I don't know. Oh, Amber. He was also wearing a Hawaiian shirt, yeah. and then it's like, oh, crap, I got to do this priest thing now. <laughs> Yeah, he was. It's like uh, I. It's like it's like it's like if the dude from like Big Lebowski was a priest. Like, oh man, I go do this thing now. Carpet really brought the rug. Really brought the room together. That's right. Or uh, I had another thought too. Like, oh yeah, when I like my Jesus to wear a tuxedo T-shirt because I like my Jesus to party too. So I like my priest with a Hawaiian shirt on underneath his clerical robes because. I like my priest to party. Oh, I'm ready to party. <laughs> hold on. This is going to break out in a, a lot of Hawaiian shirts in this film, too. Or see through white shirts. Yes, very Venice Beach. Or Hawaiian shirts not buttoned. Yeah, do those buttons not work? I don't know. Maybe they come without buttons. I'm sure, Amber loved that part. It's like a jacket. <laughs> Being 70% yes. girly. Um, so Romeo visits the shirtless priest. Uh, the priest questions Romeo because he used to love Rosaline or Rosaline. 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 Sorry. Because if you the, can't say it right, then it doesn't Put the accento the... on the wrong syllable. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Rosaline. So apparently Romeo was really in love with Rosaline. Um, we kind of got that a little before, but it was briefly mentioned. So Romeo wants the priest to marry and The priest realizes that the wedding could bring both families together. Um, at and the it, wedding. At the wedding. Yeah. So uh, this is where we uh, hear the young boys choir of When Doves Cry. Which is awesome. It is awesome. Pretty amazing. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and I, I'm going to not, I'm going to tell a little truth here. Love the song, When oh. Doves Cry. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love Prince? <laughs> Every Prince time I, like, I love Prince. That's, that would be on my Get Psyched Mix, When Doves Cry. Bing. Uh, we can't play it on this station due to uh, copyright infringements, but we'll, we'll, we'll sing it for you. Go and listen to it yes. if you haven't um, ever heard it. So Romeo meets up with his boys at the beach. Uh, the, and boys, he, the boys! The boys! The boys! Um, so uh, here's this was another whole scene where Jeff went, whatever they're saying, I have no idea. Um, but the maid meets up with Romeo. Romeo tells her to tell Juliet to meet him at the church to be married. They end up getting married, which I kind of forgot. I just you forgot. They I got forgot married? that they got married. It's I just kind thought of they a were big deal. Huge I kind deal. of thought they were just doing it to do it. No, they got married. So, uh, Capulets meet the Montagues on the beach. Romeo then arrives. Tybalt challenges him. Uh, Romeo extends his hand, but then walks away. Tybalt takes him down and attacks him. Mercutio then defends Romeo. Tybalt then stabs Mercutio, and he dies. A plague uh, on both, both of your, your houses. houses. Yeah, son. Tomorrow you'll find me a grave man. Oh, ha, ha, ha. That was that was tough. I feel like I really feel like um, um, this Mercutio was so amazing. Oh, he did a great job. Okay, and and mind you, like my experience of of Romeo and Juliet has been like pieces of crap, like Shakespeare high school plays, or like community, or theater. like have, having to read it in class. Out of the big green textbook. A plague on both, both your houses. Okay, Michael, it's your turn. You're going to play Mercutio today. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. 
He's got so many words. Who wants to play Romeo and who wants to play Juliet? I'll play Juliet. I will play Juliet. They must love each other. Oh, they're going to go to prom. This is... This is my nightmare. <laughs> he, but he totally. You, I agree. He's bringing you back. Oh, you're gonna. But that's totally. Your that's rock. totally what it was. It though. was. It really was. Now we're gonna read King Lear. Oh. <gasps> but there's no kissing in this one. But so, ah! <laughs> so, so nonetheless, though, I agree with you, Mercutio. He did a great job. It was an amazing job. Yeah, his, his death scene was very so epic, lo- long drawn out. Like, oh, I've been st- like as they all like, are. Like, right. like Just around. die. It's, <laughs> It's kind of like that. I stabbed you. Just died. Yes. No, no, no. Die. I'm going to go into my monologue. Um, so, yeah, it was very funny. You have to have a death monologue. So, uh, so Romeo then takes off after Tybalt and then ends up killing him after the car accident, which I believe is in Shakespeare's original. Oh, exactly. Because yes. weren't there like a horse that ran into the fountain? <laughs> <laughs> the two horses rammed Stop into each yourself. other, and the, the horse carrying the three uh, Capulets turned over, and then uh, a little Jeff Gordon action. <laughs> As we were earlier, we were watching a fight between uh, NASCAR guys. Um, it's before Amber got here. Excellent. Um, so yeah, uh, because of this, Romeo gets banished, and he goes to Mantua. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the uh, lonely summer. It's like it's like if I were banished to Elgin. Oh wait, I live in Elgin. So he gets banished, but oh, he... Oh, wait, that's right. We're not supposed to say where we live. Elgin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Romeo hides out at the priest's place, but then uh, Romeo heads to Juliet's place to consummate the marriage. Uh, in the morning, we then get the under-the-sheet scene. Um, no boob action in this one. Sorry, boys. There's uh, some side boob. There's side boob. Eh, kind of. <laughs> it's, it's just side boob, but that's that's about it. It makes it them partial. Watch the watch the '60s version. You, you get real boob. Um, that wasn't kind of as nudity back then. No, it wasn't. Um, it was probably braided G too. Yeah. Um. So Juliet's mom tells her that she's marrying Paris. Uh, Dad goes on this roid rage when Juliet says no. Basically, hits mom and. Everybody else has kind of flipped the script kinda on that one. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, really kind of. This got dark. <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he became like, like no reason. He became Paul Servino from Goodfellas, right there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Gonna cut the onion. Got to cut the garlic really thin with the with that. Never mind. Yeah. Sorry, it's my that my only Goodfellas reference, <laughs> and that's how I cut my garlic with a razor. <laughs> anyway. So Juliet then heads to the priest, uh, and uh, the priest then gives her a plan. She's going to fake her death before she marries the, you know, the morning of she's going to, or the night before she's going to take a potion, and then fall asleep for a couple days, um, and then Romeo is going to come get her. Uh, Juliet then takes the potion. They find her the next morning. They hold a funeral. Uh, Romeo's friend shows up to the funeral. And then runs and tells Romeo, but Romeo's supposed to get all these notes and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. they never get delivered, blah, 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 because FedEx is Which bad. is actually really a funny scene because he calls, I mean, and I know that's part of the play, but he calls the messenger service, like we call FedEx, like, what? You didn't get those? That's kind of important. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait. Can You can resend it. I'm like, ah! <laughs> like no. Have we all been there before? Yes! Oh, gosh! UPS failed people back in 1492 as well. <laughs> UPS, no, fail- UPS failing people for hundreds of years. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're brown shorts. No! Um, 
Well, he's not there. Leaving, skirts at that point. Going to leave think. a note at the door. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. So we'll, we'll be back tomorrow. So uh, Romeo's friend tells him that Juliet's dead, so he heads back into town. Romeo grabs him poison and heads to the church. He sees Juliet surrounded by tons of candles. There's like a meatloaf video yes. in there. <laughs> Everything I do. It totally was. I was like, we'd be low there. Oh, my gosh. There's so many candles. Uh, clearly a fire hazard. Well, uh, she's dead. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But the church as a whole. I yeah, mean, come on. Dead. There's a lot of candles. Oh, like, she got on fire. She's dead. Don't okay. worry about it. I'm sorry. Think of the amount of candles in a Yankee Candle Company. Now go to that Yankee Candle Company's warehouse. That's the amount of candles it's we're true. talking about. It's true. Yep. It is amazing. Um, so then there's this long goodbye that Romy is like. Did- you act like. <laughs> Just really Go ahead, funny. don't say it. No, it's just you act like I can't believe they drew this part out. Well, that's what was in the play, Jeff. It's not like you know some writer was sitting there. Let's just really draw this oh, scene on. So long, <laughs> wouldn't Just get it over with. Sorry, go ahead. No, um, but then, well, we, we Bill, all know the story got, of yeah. Romeo and Juliet. We know what happens at the end, but. There's this long, drawn-out goodbye where she's, like, moving her eyes. And there's part – I mean, there's honestly part of us that's probably like, oh, she's going to wake up. She's going to wake up. It's like, And you're hoping they no. change the end. And, yeah, but no. it's not going to change. So then, Don't you think for him talking as long as he did, he could have looked over like, oh, oh shoot, your she's eyes alive. <laughs> you're breathing. You're, but your I hands he, are twitching. You know, he does say it, though. In, in the monologue, he says it like, "Oh, you 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 look like you're awake. You your your cheeks and are." And he thinks are it's red. his grief that's right. doing this and making him believe. No, that's makeup. That's that's it. makeup. That. <laughs> um. So Romeo takes a poison. Juliet wakes up, and then Romeo dies. So then Juliet shoots herself in the head because that's how it was written in the. Yeah, that part was whoa. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, "What?" Yeah, was it? You know, in I'm sure what you've all seen in in the, the plays is is them sticking the knife through their between their body and their arm. But, but I guess you know they <laughs> a retractable knife. They didn't have knives in this movie. This, it was no, guns. it was all about guns. And they actually called the guns like knives, like the rapier, the dagger, the, the dagger. nine millimeter, and me my long sword. Ho, oh, you long know, long sword you know. nine millimeter. Yeah, I think exactly, that's which is really funny. I thought it was funny. So yeah, uh, this being a PG thirteen movie, you didn't see the brains splat through the other side, but uh, it, you did see when they woke up. Where as the camera pans up, the the bullet entry wound and then the exit blood on Romeo. So because this is PG thirteen, so couldn't show that. Uh, and then we get like a little montage, uh, and then we kind of end uh, with the t- uh, again the same way we started with the TV report, and then the long fuzz at the end, which ending back with Boslerman weirdness. So that's pretty much Romeo and Juliet by Boslerman. Um, all right, before. We play our new game, or our usual game. I would like to say that I worked on a little drop for our game. I know you guys are so excited for this. Mm-hmm. All right. Get ready for Box Office Bonanza. $70 million. I'll go with 100 just to see if I can get there. Um, I want to say 30 The scary movies cost nothing to me. Yeah. 25 It was in the top three for its opening weekend. Oh, I'm... I'm going to go lower. 
The correct answer is eight point one oh million dollars. Literally, almost a year later before it shows up in the U.S. Just know that they spent fifty million dollars on this movie. I'm saying five. I should start blogging. All right, that's our new little drop for our box office bonanza. I spent a good fifteen minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Took a little longer, but. I thought we needed a good drop for our box office bonanza game. All right. The budget for this film, $14.5 million. Most of it's spent on candles. Most of, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the candle budget was clearly $12 million of this. Yes. Um, all right. How much did it make? Box office worldwide. Prestige worldwide. Eric. Eric, you're up first. Uh, I'm going to say it. You said how much did it cost to make? $14.5 million. Oh, it made, um, I'm going to say it made uh, $150 million. 150 from Eric. Amber. That's what I was going to say. Too bad. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it did better than that. 151. What? <laughs> $1. 175. Final answer. 53. 53 cents. <laughs> the correct answer. $147.5 million. Oh! Eric, you are our winner this week. Although Amber wanted to take the same Drinks number. Drinks on me! <laughs> uh, yeah, 147. That's a pretty good return on your investment of 14 million. Exactly. Well, and they uh, weren't paying Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo. No, 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 no. I think he Leo was... now makes 25 million. Just to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Just to show up on set and say, hello, I'm Leo. Just to audition. Uh, yeah. This. Great return on your investment for this one. Um, also, again, like we were saying, this is one of those, I, I don't know if I'd say cult classic, but it's a generation-defining movie, I think, for the 90s. There, I don't think or they the were- Or the 1490s. The 1490s. <laughs> That's what he meant. 1490s. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a movie that'll continue to make money, and, you know, just I think people remember it fondly. Um now, this movie is also the winner of some awards. We have not had some award winners the past few Ooh. weeks, so we've got some award winners. Uh, like legitimate awards? Well. It was Oscar nominated. It was nominated for an Academy. We'll get to the legitimate award <laughs> first. Uh, the 69th Academy Awards, it was nominated for Best Art Direction and Set Direction. Now let's get to the illegitimate awards. Uh, <laughs> that's what they are. The 1997 defunct Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. See, this is why Blockbuster's out of business now. They spend all the money on these awards. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio won for favorite actor in a romance, and Claire Danes won for favorite actress in a romance. Uh, also, the winner of a 1997 MTV Movie Award, uh, Claire Danes won for best female performance. So, you know, she got, was a moon? No, those are the... The popcorn, golden popcorn. The MTV Movie Awards are junk. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, best action sequence with a sword. <laughs> best, best kiss underwater. I was just gonna say. Oh, that. I was gonna say best kiss, no tongue. Best <laughs> kiss, tongue. Ooh. Oh, and then they have a whole series of of awards that they don't show, which are like the best side boob. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they have like a whole list. Best of over the shirt action. Yeah. <laughs> At a different award ceremony, the following people won these awards. <laughs> Best scene from a chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously, I, I hate the MTV Movie Awards. I know. 
Shia LaBeouf wins again. That's the only place you would ever win, Shia LaBeouf. For the best action sequence in Transformers. You're fighting the giant nothing there. Anyway. Way to fight that green screen. Exactly. The 51st BAFTA Award, uh, Film Awards, Baz Luhrmann won for Best Direction, so whatever a BAFTA is. Uh, Does anybody know what a BAFTA is? Yes, it's a British award. There you go. Is it so? Is it like the British Academy Awards? No. Is it like some guy in the basement that likes to give his awards? Like like a a Razzie bowling trophy? No, it's a legitimate. Um, I'll look it up for you guys. Um, And then the 47th Berlin International Film Festival in '97, DiCaprio won whatever the Silver Bear for Best Actor is, and Lerman won the Alfred Bauer Prize, which I'm sure is something for directing. So, as we said before, this got 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. One was nominated for an Academy Award, obviously, for one of the subcategories in Best Art Direction. But one of uh, Blockbuster and MTV Movie Awards. But, despite all that, <laughs> Roger Ebert had, had a negative thing to say about this film. Oh. Uh, and this is kind of, as I was reading, this is kind of... Uh, a, it was a review that kind of stuck with the movie, I guess, and it kind of traveled with it. So Eber gave it two out of four stars, saying, I've seen King Lear as a samurai drama and Macbeth as a mafia story and two different Romeo and Juliets about ethnic difficulties in Manhattan, West Side Story and China Girl. But I've never seen anything remotely approaching the mess that is the new punk version of Romeo and Juliet Makes of Shakespeare's tragedy. Ouch! <laughs> like it's it's very glowy. Like I see King Lear as a samurai draw. Like you could hear that's what he's saying in his voice. I've and seen, Macbeth I, as I, a mafia story. I've actually I've actually seen that King Lear. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's in Japanese. It's called Ran. It's 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 actually a really decent movie, but it's four hours long and in Japanese. Oh, oh that sounds. <laughs> That sounds awful. I actually watched, I think, in the same class we watched this movie. <laughs> oh, that sounds just anyway. awful. All right, let's give our ratings a one out of five. Eric. Um, I'm gonna give this a four. Ooh. I I really like okay, I really like Shakespeare. Shakespeare has a special place in my heart. I played Macbeth in high school. So mm. I, I love I love Shakespeare and I love the way he he does it. My favorite scene hands down has gotta be the the gunfight scene at the beginning, it's okay. so cool, spectacular, very well done, very stylized, yes, but very cool. I I love it, I love it, and um, I love the cars. I think they're fun, weird cars, but this really, it's a great movie. A four straight up, Amber five. Oh, I think. Wait, hold on. Is this our first five ever? Ever. This ever. is our first five ever. Give it some sort of drop. There's got to be an explosion. Uh, I moved to a different drop. It's okay. <laughs> Amber, giving out our first five. All right, I'm we're sorry. gonna Why? keep I track of this. this I is great. I love this movie. I love the stylization of Shakespeare. I love that they use the actual Shakespearean language in this movie. Um, it makes. I don't know. It makes all the choices it's such a big just juxtaposition that it's just fun like you said the the replacement of you know the 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 swords with guns making it obviously much more modern you know like it was i just yeah. i love it um i love the the acting most of it i don't know i just i just love this movie and it will always be a very special movie for me yeah oh man i 
I I can't decide between three or four, so I'm gonna go three and a half if I can. I, you know, I I like the stylistic choices. Baz Luhrmann is crazy, which so you know what you're getting in a Baz Luhrmann film. It's just totally nuts. Um, I like the stylistic choice of keeping it in Elizabethan. But that being said, it also made it hard for me personally at times to understand what was going on. Um, it was a good movie. I mean, so at three and a half, I'm on par what I feel with what Rotten Tomatoes is saying at 70. So, yeah, I I liked it. I would recommend it. I think pretty much we'd all recommend this film. Mm-hmm. Um, currently streaming on Netflix, finding your $5 bin. Uh, so, yeah, Boz Lerman's. Uh, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. You got to say the whole thing because if you look it up on Netflix, as Romeo and Juliet doesn't come up that nope. way. It comes up as William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. So yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, next, our uh, next time, we're going to start our Christmas December spectacular. So we're going to do two Christmas movies, and then at the end of the year, we're going to do our 2014 year in review, where we give out a few awards to some. Good and bad 2014 films. We are currently working hard, binge-watching, ignoring our spouses, ignoring each other, watching movies for you guys. So It's like five movies in two days. Oh, my gosh. I am like <laughs> – I think the guy at the family video is like, you again? Is this movie out yet? Is this movie out yet? Not yet. Next week. Yeah, come on. I know you got him in the back and you're just sitting on him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to record that year-end show on December 6th. So there's going to be movies we miss, but we are – I think all of us are going to try and head to the theaters to see a couple. I think yeah. Interstellar's on the list. Uh, Big Hero 6, I know I really want to mm-hmm. see, too, to make a clear thing on that. And I kind of want to see John Wick. Me, too. That's really on my list, because I want to try and get that. Because I think that one could be a contender for most surprising or biggest disappointment. Yes. Because <laughs> I, like, I got high expectations for that movie. Like, this could be really good or it could be really bad. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, for Eric. See ya. And Amber. See ya. I'm Jeff, and we'll see you next time on the $5 Bin Podcast. <laughs>